Negotiations can be a resource-intensive process. In many cases, they require a significant investment of your time and mental and emotional energy. Often, it requires us to confront difficult or challenging topics that we might prefer to avoid. Given all that, on occasion, there can be a temptation to try and get, quote, down to business as quickly as possible. That may include immediately exchanging proposals or foregoing opportunities to learn more about the needs and concerns of the other party. But might there be some value in investing some time in establishing some rapport and engaging in what is often referred to as, quote unquote, small talk, before jumping into the substance of the negotiation? Might these smaller investments in the relationship up front pay dividends in the long run? Do those efforts look any different in the world of online negotiations? In this episode of The Percolator, we consider how small talk can help set a positive tone in your next bargaining session as you look to develop a successful pathway to a new collective bargaining agreement. Hello. Hi, Chris. Hi, Emily. How are hey, you Matt. doing today? Doing pretty good. good. How are you? Hey, Matt. How's it going? Doing pretty good. Welcome to our, our new episode of the podcast. And um, I want to know, to start off today, and I don't know if she's not going to like this, but we're recording this on Emily Martin's birthday. I won't say what day it is, so we don't have to give that away. But happy birthday, Emily. Thank you, Matt. Podcasters. Here, so <laughs> we should acknowledge that. We're happy that you're here. Happy, happy you were born. <laughs> thank you. Happy, thank happy, you. happy, happy, happy birthday. <laughs> No, I'm, right. not gonna gonna sing. I'm not okay, going to sing. We, lost, we just lost our entire audience there. <laughs> oh. Well, yeah. Okay. There. <laughs> the podcast has been canceled now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think this is a good segue into our topic for today because we're going to talk about small talk and kind of the, the way that you kind of get um, a, a room warmed up to get ready for productive negotiations and what what do we do that we probably don't think too much about, especially in person, that we kind of do to kind of get the room ready to go and kind of meet each other and greet each other and kind of get the tone uh, for the day's negotiations off on a, whatever foot they're going to be, whether it's going to be positive or not so positive or, or whatever uh, it might be. And also, you know, in, in the virtual world, what are we doing to recreate that or try to try to do that? Are we, or are we uh, recreating that in the virtual world? I know. Sometimes it feels like when we get into a Zoom mediation anyway, that we kind of come into those things cold where you just kind of like all of a sudden everyone's in the same room and you're immediately talking about the business of the day and there's it's kind of harder to incorporate that small talk. So so we're gonna chat about that a bit. So I don't know. What what do you think, Chris and Emily? What are what are some challenges that you see there, some opportunities in the small talk and 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 getting things going uh, for a day of negotiations? I think it matters. I think um you know, I mean, I've never been a negotiator. I've always been a mediator, but I, I think that trying to figure out how to get room, the warm the room up in some way. And that might be, um, that might just be, you know, chatting about the weather, you know, um, and I might intentionally try to think of something, um, something that I saw driving into town or something. I did something, something positive just to sort of get people talking about something different, than their dispute the moment we get everybody in the room together. So I think it's a really important topic. And I do feel like it's one that feels more awkward online. We haven't quite figured out how to do it online quite the same way. So, so what yeah. do you guys do? 
Yeah, I think that's a good it's a good question to think about this in the virtual space, but I did want to say too to kind of Matt's question of where some of the struggles are here as someone who used to be a negotiator and advocate and and now kind of having a broader perspective as a mediator. I can say, you know, at least personally, there's this, I think one of the struggles comes from the fact that in some ways it can feel like taking these moments to like talk about the weather, kind of check in with one another can feel contrived sometimes, or can feel like a bit of a waste of time. Like we've got a lot to do. Let's just get into it. But I, I, I agree with you, Emily, that there is some real value there that maybe isn't always recognized and it does maybe take, you know, five or 10 minutes to kind of work through a little check-in or, you know, talk about the weekend or whatever it is. But I think there's some broader value there and long-term benefit that can be recognized um, where taking those few minutes, maybe delays your ability to kind of jump into the day's topics, but in the grander scheme of things helps kind of foster some connection and build some of that relationship and understanding that will pay dividends later on in the negotiation. And, and I think it's hard to see that sometimes. Um, but, but I think there's, there's a lot of evidence out there to suggest that it really is valuable. So there's the, like, how's the weather chat, right? And we see that, um, and I think maybe when a mediator's involved, there might more likely be labeled or non-labeled, but some sort of icebreaker. Um, to, Chris, as an advocate, do you do you ever did you ever get the sense that that ever was something that happened in a negotiation without a mediator present, sort of something that felt more like an icebreaker? You know, honestly, like in my experience, and and obviously this is not indicative of how everybody operated, but it was probably not terribly common when it was just the parties kind of getting into things. It was, it was something I experienced more when a mediator came in, to be honest with you. Um, and, and, you know, <laughs> full confession there. Sometimes I would, I would definitely kind of do a little bit of a eye roll when we went through some of those exercises, but I think, you know, in, in hindsight, you can see some of the benefit from it. And, and now, especially in this role, kind of having that perspective as a mediator, I think finding a space and time for those moments, um, whether it just be like a little bit of a, a moment of levity or, you know, somebody kind of says, says something a little funny or just having that personal connection uh, can really kind of t turn down the temperature in the room. If there's a kind of a hot room or, or just make a, make a human connection in a way that, that, you know, you don't always see that immediate payoff, but maybe three sessions down the road, you know, it's like, there's that moment. Uh, and I don't know that the, the small talk conversation was the only reason for it to happen, but it, it probably helped. And so I see that now for sure. Yeah. I think for me, the, why well, I do that as a mediator, I, I do sometimes feel a little bit of a, not hostility, but, you know, kind of a impatience from some folks when I do the kind of a, uh, informal icebreaker, especially at the first mediation session. But, but my goal and kind of like lay behind the scenes a little bit for those of you who are, aren't mediators is I, when you come in as a mediator, the parties are usually at a pretty tense moment in their negotiations, their relationship. 
And I think sometimes they forget that the people at the table are human beings, right? You kind of see them as the opposition or um, you actually look at their faces and all you can see is their position on an issue that really offends you. You kind of forget the fact that they're actual human beings. So my goal there is to kind of, you know, maybe in some very small way, just a reminder that, hey, we are all human beings here uh, at the table. And, uh, and just a reminder of that, I think, can be valuable. So um, so that's one of my goals when I do that, um, even though it may be a little bit of a delay. But um, usually I think it does pay off in the end. I think what you're saying is, um, I think that's the key. It's like a, something human. Right. I mean, that's, if you can get, if you can get a human moment, um, not, not have to be a super exposed or super personal, but just people talking to each other like a human <laughs> that can, that can create a, um, a mood to try to actually problem solve a little more. Um, so yeah, I think there's, I think there's some value there, but I, I do definitely feel like sometimes groups are, well, I mean, as a mediator, like we used to always do joint sessions, right? We'd always start out with a joint session. And then, I don't know, five years ago, there was a lot of conversation about is joint session good or bad? And does it waste of time? And does it just make everybody even more mad at each other? And I sometimes will offer, um, hey, we don't do joint session, but do you just want to, you know, if you're, if I'm doing a mediation and they're started out in separate rooms, I just say, do you want to go and say good morning to each other and just have a, a meet and greet, you know, and all you have to say is good morning. I'm, I'm happy to see you. And, and usually like, maybe they're not actually happy to see each other, but they, <laughs> they realize there's some value in that, you know, <laughs> to, to, to um, get in the same room and, and say good morning and smile and, and say, um, let's try to get this done. So I don't know if it's, that's the same thing as small talk. It's a little bit about like an opening ceremony, but it, it still is a slowdown from jumping into stuff and jumping into the dispute at the table. Yeah, I, I think there's that value in what both of you said in terms of kind of creating those kind of moments of humanity or connection, which it's just it's it's really easy to forget that you can kind of as a as an advocate or a negotiator, you can kind of just get caught up in the moment or the task at hand and and forget what you know is really behind all of this is this collective bargaining relationship this workplace environment where uh everybody spends the you know bulk of their lives uh interacting with one another and and that's really kind of what's behind this um and so i see value there i think I'll, you know another one of the challenges though with with doing this is it really requires or can can require i should say you know a bit of vulnerability on the parties to kind of reveal something about themselves or talk about something kind of outside the strict confines of the negotiation and that's a dilemma that i think we all face in bargaining and as negotiators this kind of tension between not wanting to reveal too much um to potentially kind of seemingly undermine our position, but also the need to reveal things because it creates those connections and reveals important information that helps the parties move forward. And I, I think those kind of small conversations can be an important step in, in helping kind of solve for that dilemma. Um, but it does definitely require you to kind of put yourself out there, even, even, just slightly <laughs> with a, you know, conversation about your weekend or 
you know, how things are going in life generally. I think there's also some meetings start with a check-in and I, I don't know that, I don't know how this, how often it actually happens at a negotiating table, but um, I think there's more and more meetings I've seen that have that as a agenda item in the beginning where everybody checks in, sees how they're doing. Um, and maybe if they're, they're having a bad day for something totally separate than the meeting, they might, they might share that so that their um, body language or their mood or their isn't get imputed into a meeting. Um, but I feel like that's really uh, exposing sometimes, you know, it's asking people to open up and share something about their life that they might not want to talk about. So I don't, I don't know if that always works and I don't know if it's always a good idea to share everything that's going on in your life. But, um, I do think a check-in is, is another way that we try to figure out how to have a human moment. Do you guys have thoughts on that? I think the check-ins can be very helpful. I, I find that they're less helpful when they're super formal where you go around the table and say, okay, everyone's going to kind of tell us what's going on today with them, how they're doing. But I think in the negotiations process anyway, I think for other types of meetings that that does work. Um, but I think that the check-in process, at least the in-person, the in-person meetings we used to have, they used to happen very organically. It'd almost be like um, sometimes each team would find a way to check in with each other it may not be the person who's having the struggle that day who shares out is on the spot for sharing out with everyone why they might be in a um, not so great mood that day, but the lead for that team might find a way to kind of say, Hey, to somebody else on our team, you know, so-and-so is having a rough day. So if it looks like um, that they're um, unhappy or unpleasant, it's not necessarily because of negotiations. And there used to be that kind of level of conversation that would go on kind of that level of check-in as well, which I always thought was really helpful. And as a mediator, I used I usually I, I, in the in-person meetings the quick kind of interaction with the teams and the leads kind of walking into the room, where they may they'll, they they may say something to me that sets the tone for that day. They might let me know that hey, maybe last our last mediation session was really rough, but they have a smile on their face today, and they say something about how it's going to be a better day, and that sends a message to me as a mediator that hey. Um, I may be coming into this kind of thinking about where we were at the last meeting, but um, if the parties are in a better mood today, then I need to kind of be in a different, have a different um, mind frame and attitude towards this mediation today as well, too. So, so there's so many little things like that that I found so valuable in person, and I've really struggled to figure out how to do those same kind of check-ins on all those levels in the virtual world. So I'm curious from both of you if you ha have found a way of doing that or um, – I don't know if our clientele, if they have a, ch have a chance to listen to this and give some feedback to us, um, I'd, I'd be very curious to hear how they how they're working through that as well in the virtual world. But yeah, I don't. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good transition into thinking about that, Matt, because your your really excellent points there are are partly in the context of like being able to be in a space with people physically. And <laughs> now we're now we're kind of all in our little zoom boxes here and so those moments are more difficult to to find and and you know um coupled with that you know not only can we not just kind of walk into a room and be together we're coming into a virtual space where everybody's at home you know and so if you've got things going on in your personal life like whereas before you could you know, maybe kind of compartmentalize that a little bit and say, 
okay, like, so, you know, so the water heater broke in the morning and, you know, I had water in the basement, but, you know, I had to deal with that, but now I'm going to work, you know, um, whereas now it's like, you're in the same, that person's in the same physical space, still experiencing that while also in the negotiation, which I think just adds to the, adds to the challenge and uh, of us trying to kind of overcome some of that. And I, I don't know, it, it would be something, I think that a great topic to take up with the clientele further, but I don't know if anybody has, has any other thoughts on how to kind of overcome some of those issues in the virtual space. But I think that's a really significant question for life on zoom. I guess I have two recent thoughts about that and it might not just be in the beginning, but um, for just in the virtual space, I recently had a meeting where not everybody had the equipment yet to have a camera and I have feelings about cameras. I feel like, I feel like zoom has a lot of benefits, but it has a lot of downsides and it also, there's also lots and lots of really good reasons why somebody might not want to have their camera on for every moment of every meeting. And so um, I try to create a culture where I encourage parties to know that at times it could be really useful in a negotiation to have your camera on it. It can help build trust and rapport and all of that. But but it's also um, it can also be really important to sometimes have the ability to turn your camera off if you need to or if something's going on or if you have things going on. And I, I do that, I think, as a way to try to um, encourage people to feel safe and comfortable and not feel the pressure of the camera. And the recent meeting I had where not everybody even has even started getting cameras and the disparity between those who have been doing Zoom with the option of camera versus people who are struggling to connect in the same way um, was really apparent. So I guess my first tip is that... Um, I think it's really important that everybody has the right, to, has the tools to be able to have a camera on, but it doesn't mean the cameras always have to be on, you know? So, so like camera, ca camera optional, I think is important and, and camera and optional are both important parts of that piece of the conversation. And then I guess my other thing that I've noticed in the virtual space is I let my pets in the room with me sometimes. And, and sometimes I think that can help in terms of, creating some levity or some humanness um, that people, you know, I enjoy all the cats who've shown up on screens and, and I think finding a moment is, and ignore, and finding a, having a space where people can, can sort of give a shout out to each other's dogs um, is a way to create a human moment in a, in a time of conflict. What do you guys think? Yeah, absolutely. I think at first we were, when we all kind of got into this at the beginning of the pandemic, it was kind of like we were trying to create these like very sterile professional looking environments in our homes. Um, and, and I think that quickly kind of pivoted to just like being like, Hey, we're all in this together. We're at home. Let's let some of our home life into, into our work life and, and give a lot of grace to that and, 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 and take that into a positive space like oh here's an opportunity to like share my cute puppy with everybody you know we wouldn't really do that at uh you know pre-pandemic but it's it's this nice moment that we can all share now and I, and i think emily you make a great point there of taking using this environment and and use it and and putting it to our advantage i i, I like that a lot yeah and reflecting on that emily and chris as you were talking 
it occurs to me that I think sometimes people check in via their kids or their pets. They like will say something about how you know their their kid makes an appearance and yeah we didn't get much sleep last night because something happened or or the pet's having an issue or something like that. It's a, it's almost interesting. I never never really thought about that way, but I think people are kind of checking in virtually, kind of using their uh, pets, animals, family as kind of a proxy for for their own situation. And maybe that's a, a way to kind of check in in a, in a less um, I don't know vulnerable way. So, you know, I did have a meeting like that. I I started a meeting and I said, oh, let's do a check in because it was going to be an intense meeting. But then I I ended up saying something different. I said, all right, so a check-in is when you mention if there's something going on that might be affecting how you're showing up today. And then I said, and for me, I have my kitten in my room and he likes to climb up my legs in the middle of the meeting. So if I look like I'm in pain as you're talking, please know it could just be because he has claws in my legs. And and everybody (laughs) laughed. And then I said, okay, who else wants to check in? And then everybody shared a story about a kid or a pet or something going on in their life. And it wasn't as like, oh, so, you know, it wasn't as intense as I think it could have been if I just said, let's do a check-in. Um, or it wasn't as shallow as it could have been, because in some way, everybody was sharing a little bit about what was going on with them and created a a sense of checking, like a, an effective check-in. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it was sort of great. Pet-themed check-in, it, but but you have to be really you have to be really inclusive because not everybody has pets and not everybody likes animals, so <laughs> that's okay too. You know how do you create a space that's that's good for people who just aren't into that? Um, and I think if you don't, then you can be off putting to somebody who just doesn't feel like they're on that wavelength as well. So yeah, well, I think those are some really wonderful examples of how we've taken this kind of lemon of a pandemic and made lemonade out of it and and um really kind of flip flip things on on its head in terms of kind of being stuck in these zoom boxes but also seeing ways to take advantage of this environment and and perhaps in some ways uh, create some more connections even though we're physically distanced um by so much. So great conversation today uh, with you both. Um, thanks so much. I, uh, I'll i give some more consideration to this myself, and I hope all of our listeners uh, give some thought to it ne- for your next negotiation as well. So thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. And listeners, if you have any good ideas about how to start a good meeting, give a, let us know. Let us know. We would love to no, hear from definitely. you. That. Um, I think everybody has really good tips probably on on their secret ways to create the right chemistry in the room. So thank you, Chris. Thank you, Matt. Um, thank you. Thank you, listeners. Good talking to you. Okay. Bye. See ya.